0: You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Lots of children can be picky with their food, and at certain points of development, it's appropriate. But other children can have such a strong aversion to different foods that it can be a sign of something else. Susan Marden is a senior speech pathologist at One-on-One Children's Therapy, and she's here to talk to us about fussy eaters and when it's more than being just picky. Hi, Susan. How are you? I'm very well. Hi, Siobhan. Nice to see you. Now, I may have your career completely confused, um, Confused, but I wouldn't have thought a speech pathologist would deal with fussy eating. I would have thought that felt, fell in the ra- realms of like a dietitian or a nutritionist. Why is this something that you come across?
1: So fussy eating is actually a multidisciplinary area. So you do need a dietitian. you need a gastroenterologist, sometimes a pediatrician. The role that the speech pathologist has is that the muscles that we know the mouth intimately... So the muscles that we use for speech are also the same muscles that we use for feeding. So our understanding of all the oral motor control, how you use your muscles, what you do with them, um, we can apply that to feeding. And in fact, children who have feeding issues early will often go on to have speech issues because they haven't used their muscles appropriately to develop their speech. Right. Yeah. So you could be involved
0: with a fussy eater early on. Is that how it works? Or do do children normally come to you when they're
1: a bit older, like four or five? Oh, no, it starts early. So children can be born with issues that are going to cause fussy eating. Prematurity is something that can cause fussy eating. Certainly various disabilities can cause fussy eating. Those children will be involved with a speech pathologist very, very early in their life. And they're often the speech pathologists that are in the public hospitals. So if that happens, they'll be involved early. Now, we start seeing children in our clinic from about 18 months of age. So some of them do have disabilities, some of them do have underlying medical conditions, and some of them are just have none of that. And they're already starting to learn and develop just bad patterns that are going to cause fussy eating. Talk to me about those bad patterns. Those bad what patterns, does it, like what does it learned like?
0: behaviours—they're called. Yeah, what does it look like? Like, how can you? How could a parent tell that um, they're not just being picky? It's not just part of their development.
1: This is something that could become worse. Look, they don't—you can't always tell. But once it's gone on for a period of time, so obviously, if there isn't a medical condition, so we're not talking about those children. But once the parents are starting to worry. The child's food choices are not expanding and, in fact, the child's food choices are possibly narrowing and there's stress around the dinner table. You've got a fussy eating problem. Right. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like so many. <laughs> and we could classify it. It could every ch- every parent's nightmare. Yes. We can classify it r- right down to if a child is only eating 15 to 20 foods, you've got a really picky eater. If they're eating less than 30, you have got a problem eater. Right. Mm. So you can look at the number of foods.
0: Um, and. Do you see a kind of range of, I guess you would say, a range of severity? Absolutely. Is it ever, you've mentioned underlying medical conditions, is it ever the case that um, the fussy eating is picked up first and then you see that it's related Mm, to something mm, else? Definitely.
1: So we will certainly have children who will come into the clinic with fussy eating. And this is why it's important to have a a proper assessment before you actually start a feeding program, and that should be a multidisciplinary uh, assessment. We will have children who will come in with a tongue tie. So a tongue tie is when there's that tight bit of uh, skin underneath, tissue underneath the tongue, so the tongue can't move properly. And they're scared of foods, they won't cope with certain textures, and they're getting fussy and restrictive. And you find out they've actually got a tongue tie. Some of our children have got poor oral motor skills, so the movement of their mouth isn't great. They might be low tone. They might be delayed in that. So they can't move on to other foods. And once children stagnate in, in their ability to broaden out their foods and the different foods that they're going to eat and the different textures, that tends to set off a domino effect and they will start to restrict their food. So it often can be little underlying. Even basic things like constipation can cause children to become fussier eaters at certain stages and then you've got that pattern of fussy eating.
0: When it comes to how you treat a child as a speech pathologist, what sorts of things can you do with them? We do, yeah. I mean, I understand there's lots of different
1: reasons why they be like that, but how do you start to? So the first thing that we actually look at after we've done the assessment and determined if there's anything medical that needs to be looked at, the next thing that we will do is that we will start looking at the habits of the home. Does the family have a good eating snack and? drink schedule in terms of are they spaced out appropriately? Are foods being served regularly? Are they being served at the table? So we're looking at a whole lot of those sorts of things. When we have a fussy eater, the first thing we want to do is actually to establish no pressure around the meal. So the mealtime becomes a social event, not a pressure event. So we do a lot of that sort of stuff. Then when we're actually with the child, I mean, clearly if the child has oral motor issues, we're going to start looking at their chewing Uh, If they've got issues with their tongue, we're going to look at those sorts of things. Then we have a number of uh, procedures we follow. One one is called chaining. So if you have a child who will eat chicken schnitzel, but as the mum, you really want them to eat pan-fried teriyaki chicken, we will gradually start changing the chicken schnitzel so that we might, for example, reduce the coating on it. We might introduce some of the teriyaki flavours into the coating so that gradually we change it a little bit to the, until we get to the point where actually we've got teriyaki chicken. Which sounds
0: like an incredibly time-intensive experience. But it is. what is the alternative if you don't invest the time? The alternative
1: this? is that they will stay fussy eaters. And it, the research shows that... Children can have things called food jags. So if you have a child who will eat 20 foods, they're eventually going to be bored with something and they'll drop it. And then you've only got 19 foods. Six months later, it will happen again. Then you have things, for example, they will have a sleepover. And we have children who are nine or 10 years of age going to a friend's sleepover and they're terrified because they're worried about what they're going to be able to eat. Or school camp. Now, some children will improve. Some children will just naturally broaden it out. But if you've got a child who's down to that 20 foods, you have the potential for uh, nutritional deficiencies, concentration issues at school, and anxiety and stress around food. How, when I said
0: there, no, oh, it sounds like a, a, an incredible time investment.
1: It is. <laughs> <laughs> Which it is. Um
0: if, if a parent had to try and get their head around it, obviously everyone's different, but mm. what would you say is a reasonable time frame for something like this to work or change a child's eating habits? Baby steps is the way that you have to think about
1: it. So first of all, we want we would we would have a family come in. We would probably see the child for a term. And in that period of time, we're doing a lot of parent education as well as working with the child. Then the, the children will often go away. And they'll have a break for a term and they'll come back for a term. Now, this could go on over a couple of years. And if every time they come, they add three or four different foods in, in two years' time, you've got another 20 foods. Yeah. And we also have some families who only come for a 10-week block. They take all the skills that way and then we see them in a year. Mm. And then we have some kids who come every week for two years.
0: Yeah. I'm just trying to think what would work with my family. (laughs)
1: I, I think you'd be there for five years, Sharon. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> it varies. Mm. Mm.
0: And have you seen many children, um, I mean, like you said, many parents and families come in and then they leave. Have mm. you seen many children come back who have
1: improved? And, and what Absolutely, of, what definitely. What kind of
0: impact do you see in the family from that?
1: What we see is enjoyment around the dinner table. So they're talking, the conversation is around social sorts of things. They're now being invited out a lot more. more. The parents aren't worrying and counting. Have they had their protein? Have they had their calcium? They're far more relaxed. The children often do better at school. Mm -hmm. They have more energy, so they're not tired at the end of the day. They're sleeping better and happier all round. Mm, I'm going to have
0: to call you later. Um, Susan, (laughs) thank you so much for coming in and chatting Thank you. It's a pleasure that's susan marden she's the senior speech pathologist at one-on-one children's therapy if you'd like more information about her and the work she does we'll put links in the notes to this episode feed play love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise cooper and presented by me siobhan hunt you can get in touch we'd love to hear from you email us at feedplaylove at parentbrand.com.au. see you next time